0: Chapter 1 Memory, 622-1900 to 1900. America's war in Iraq, from its start, did not go as President Bush's administration had predicted. Though the U.S. Army captured Baghdad and Iraq's other major cities easily enough, and encountered little resistance in abolishing the detested regime of Saddam Hussein— Iraqis did not greet America's forces with the gratitude that they had been told to expect. Far from treating America's soldiers as liberators, which is how they looked upon themselves, Iraqis regarded them as conquerors. It was a characterization for which most Americans were shockingly unprepared. Frustrated, the American invaders believed they were being misunderstood. The leadership in Washington had proclaimed repeatedly that its quarrel was not with the Iraqi people, but with Saddam's regime. It had assured its soldiers of the nobility of their mission, not just to end a dangerous military threat, but to wipe out tyranny and create the conditions for democracy. Wasn't that why the armies of their fathers and grandfathers had disembarked in 1944 in France to a delirious welcome by the local population?" In 1945, moreover, the defeated Germans and Japanese, taking for granted the victors' benevolence, willingly established free and democratic regimes. So why were the Iraqis so hostile? Notwithstanding the political and cultural diversity among them, most Iraqis took the position that the American army was their enemy and placed serious obstacles in the way of its efforts to stabilize the country. This was the response of Sunnis and Shiites, Baghdadis and provincials, extremists and moderates, students, tribesmen, professionals, peasants, Saddam's followers and his foes. By the third year of the war, many Shiites, perceiving an opportunity to shift political domination to themselves, had adopted with some wariness a strategy of cooperating with the occupiers. Iraq's Kurdish community, to whom the occupation presented an opening to long-sought independence, did the same. But the once powerful Sunnis, with nothing to gain, waged a fierce insurgency against the occupiers. United in mistrust of the Americans, however, Sunnis, Shiites, and Kurds were all impatient for them to go home. Why were Iraqis so much more hostile than America's defeated enemies had been after World War II? Why, unlike the Germans and the Japanese, did they impugn America's ideals and objectives? Why, after President Bush declared mission accomplished, did Americans keep dying on the battlefield? Clearly, the leadership in Washington had initiated the war on the basis of a grievous miscalculation of Iraq and of the Arabs. What the American leadership had failed to calculate or simply dismissed was Arab nationalism. Much as Iraqis were driven by sectarianism—Sunnis versus Shiites, Arabs versus Kurds—a long history of hostility to foreign occupation served as a bond among them. Yet American leaders, in deciding to invade Iraq, chose not to take this bond and the deep emotions of Arab nationalism into account. Back in mid-2003, a few months after the invasion, when it looked to Washington as if its war had been won, President Bush was cautioned by French President Jacques Chirac about Arab nationalism, the power of which he had experienced as a young army officer in Algeria forty years before. Chirac told Bush that Arab nationalism was a rising danger to Allied forces. "'I cannot disagree with you more, Jacques,' Bush replied." Iraqis love us. We liberated them from a bloody dictator. The very few who fight against us are either remnants of the old regime who are responsible for massive massacres and the use of torture chambers, or foreign terrorists who hate life itself. The bloodshed of the years since then has confirmed how poorly informed the American president was." To be sure, Germany and Japan, America's enemies in World War II, were driven by their own nationalism. But, intrinsic to German and Japanese nationalism, was a different conception of the United States, which imparted to both defeated peoples some confidence.